You are listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. We hope this teaching deepens your relationship with Jesus and encourages you to share your faith with others. Please enjoy the message. I'm excited to share with you guys today. Uh, So we're going to talk about name the things that are broken in our lives. But before we do that, I want to share uh, kind of a quick little story with you guys. So um, when I moved down here from Washington, one of my good friends, her name uh, was Whitney Smith. Uh, She's one of the people that I met uh, my freshman year, super awesome, kind of liked her a lot. And I was like, yeah, man, okay, let's see if I can potentially date this girl. Real quick, got friend zoned. It's all right. I I moved on from that, right? Um, But Whitney was one of those people that uh, is probably one of the most genuine people that you could ever meet. Like, I don't know if you've ever met somebody that is just beyond belief, just genuine. Like, you're like, man, like that person, there is not one single bad bone in that person's body, right? And I'm quite sure you guys can agree with that and can say that, hey, I've met somebody who is um, like that. And so, Whitney was that person for me. And so Whitney and I became, like I said, really, really close. Uh, she and I uh, would always like hang out, go grab lunch, everything at school and everything and all this. And so my junior year, uh, she decided uh, she was going to date this dude named Andrew Turner. Now, Andrew Turner uh, was a guy who kind of, I don't know, he kind of had a little fun, I guess. Uh, but but he was a guy that I played football with. Um, and when he started dating Whitney, like Whitney literally like just changed his whole life, his whole world. Um, and it was super cool to see the person that he became. So Whitney and I, uh, we would always go to lunch, like I said. And so uh, there's one day we decided, or I decided that I wanted to stay at school. I wanted to have like that nasty like school lunch, right? You know, that pizza that's like cardboard. And you're like, bro, like I could literally hurt somebody with this thing. This is not food. This is a weapon, right? I mean, come on, you guys can agree with that, right? Cafeteria food, eh, right? So, uh, <laughs> so I'm glad you agree with that. So I decided like, you know what, I'm going to hang back this time um, and just, you know, be cool with things. And so uh, usually right after lunch, like Whitney's and my class were like right across the hall from each other. Um, and so I, uh, I end up coming back from, from lunch and, uh, I'm like, cool. Uh, well, I don't see Whitney. Maybe they're just running late because, you know, I'm like, Hey, uh, like we'd always like hug it out, everything like, Hey, I'll see you like before athletics, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so Whitney like didn't show up and I was like, all right, well, whatever. And so I end up going that whole day, didn't see her. So I go to uh, football practice and at football practice, they made the announcement that Whitney Smith had passed away in a car accident at lunch. And Andrew uh, was in the hospital. And when I tell you guys like that broke me, like I'm trying not to get emotional right now because it was something that literally that broke me. And I don't know about you guys, you guys probably have had some type of situation where it's gotten you to that place where it kind of broke you, or you know somebody that might be in that place of where it potentially could have done that to them. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper here, and I'm sorry to hit you with something heavy, uh, but we're going to dive a little deeper into talking about some things and some ways that helped me manage and work through some things in the people that were around me. But before we do that, um, let's pray. 
Gracious God, I thank you so much just for these students, for their hearts, for um, God, just for them being here. Um, wanting to grow closer with you, God, to to know what it means to name the things that potentially could be broken um, in their lives. Um, God, but also too, to turn to you, to know that you are a good God. You are a God of hope. You are a God that is so present in all the things and all the things that we face and all the, the things that we're going through and all the people that we see. God, you are you are in it all. And so, God, I pray for this time as we dive into talking about Nehemiah, as we dive into talking about naming the things that are broken. God, I pray that we would take this time seriously, that we would want to grow closer with you, but God, that we would take notes, um, that we would go and have great small group discussions later. God, we love you, man. You are so good. It's in your great mighty name that we pray. Amen. So if you have your book, uh, your Bibles with you, we are going to look at Nehemiah. If you don't have your Bible, um, if you have a cellular device, yes, you can use that. I know I sound like a big dad saying that. But uh, if you want to, go ahead and do so. But what I do ask is this. If you are on your phones um, and you're using your phone as a Bible, please put on Do Not Disturb and only use your Bible for these set scriptures, and also two to write notes. Or use your phone for that. All right, can we do that? Because I don't want you guys to get distracted from what the Lord is wanting to say to you guys today. So we're going to be in Nehemiah. We're going to look at two areas, all right? We're going to look at Nehemiah chapter one, and I'll give you the scriptures later for that. And we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter two. I'll give you the scriptures later for that. Now, Nehemiah is a big book, right? So let's just be real honest there. Uh, 13 chapters that are in it, right? So what we need to know about Nehemiah is that the that it's broken into two parts, right? So the first part, uh, so we're saying uh, chapter one through seven is about the walls, right? And we'll get a little bit deeper into that and talking about what walls are we talking about, right? Um, And then uh, chapters 8 through 13 are about the people, okay? You guys with me on that? So when the book opens up, right? So Nehemiah is this dude who is serving as a cupbearer in the Persian kingdom, serving for the Persian king in a sense. Uh, What we need to know is that uh, the Israelites are in Babylonian exile, right? So a lot of them are being taken over by the Persians, right? So that's why Nehemiah is there, right? Um, The walls that we are talking about, um, that we are going to be talking about is Jerusalem, all right? So what we need to know is that there's a lot of wars, a lot of battles, a lot of different things that are, that are happening during this time. And so the walls are, of Jerusalem are damaged, right? Um, but the thing is, is people are still living there, which is like super crazy, right? Because, you know, like if the walls are damaged, like why would you still live in that place, right? I mean, kind of crazy. You think, you think easy logic, but uh, it was not. So the people were still living there in that place and living in that space. And so Nehemiah is from Jerusalem. That's his hometown. And so he is, like I said, serving as a cupbearer for this king. Um, and I'll say it for you, Artaxerxes, if you want to look that up, it's kind of kind of cool. You can Google it, Wikipedia, whatever you want to do. But the dude was real. All right. So just to tell you, just so you know that what we read in here, that stuff is real. It happened. Okay. So that's my uh, platform. But anyway, so, so Nehemiah is from Jerusalem. And so the town of Jerusalem, the city, the walls are all jacked up just from all the different wars, all the different battles, all the different things that are going on, right? And like I said, people are still living there. So Nehemiah, who is in this far off land serving for this Persian king, gets a note about his hometown being destroyed and being broken. 
Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, that sucks, right? I mean, your hometown is tore up, all these different things. Like, what are you going to do about it? Well, Nehemiah prayed about some things, and he said, you know what? I got to go see it for myself. And so, the thing that we end up seeing happening here is that, that Nehemiah gets to this place, gets to Jerusalem, sees all the things that are going on, and he's like, what is happening? And so, before we dive any further, I, I kind of want you guys to hear this, is that in the midst of all of this that's going on, before he goes, he hears this, he hears this report about, about Jerusalem. One of the things that Nehemiah does is that he's a guy who is constantly after the Lord's heart, and so he's constantly praying. And so he was at that place where he's like, man, like, I just, I just don't know, like, what's going on, like, why this is happening. And so as he hears that report, he's, he prays, but then he's like, okay, like I said, I've got to go. And so what I want you guys to know is kind of cool with this is that if you were to read this first little these chapters one through seven, if you were to read those chapters there, Nehemiah writes it in the first person. So it's kind of cool to hear him writing and him talking and him speaking to God. And so we're going to pick up here in Nehemiah chapter one, all right? Nehemiah chapter one, verses four through 11. And what we're going to do is we're going to read this prayer, all right? And it'll be on the screens for you guys. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the utmost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. You see, when I was facing this predicament, right, this, this issue, this circumstance that that of having one of my best friends pass away, man, I, I'm gonna be real honest, like, it was tough. I was angry, right? It was so easy for me to be angry and in that place. But I had a ton of friends that wrapped their arms around me. And they did something so amazing that they were there for me. Not in the sense of that, like, hey, man, I'll be there for you. Here's some, like, cookies. I'll see you in a year kind of a thing, right? Like, no, like, they were there for me in the sense of that they prayed over me. And they walked me through this struggle, this circumstance, this situation. One of the things that one of my friends said, and I just remember this from, from this day, is that he literally told me, dude, impossible circumstances are proving ground for God. It's like, this is your impossible circumstance that you're going through, that you're facing. 
but this is a proving ground for God. You see, when Nehemiah got to Jerusalem, he realized like, oh, my sweet baby Jesus, this is going to be a whole hot mess. This is not good. This is not good. But in his heart, he was like, man, Lord, I know you're going to show up. And so what I'm going to do here, Lord, is that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pray to you. Because here's the thing, Nehemiah at this place, when things were going bad, when things were running astray, Nehemiah knew and understood the power of prayer. And he knew who he was presenting these petitions to. It wasn't just him just saying, okay, cool, bam, you're going to pop up like genie from Aladdin, like poof, what do you need? No, it's not that. He knew that he was presenting the, his petitions to somebody. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he understood and he trusted in the power and the faithfulness of God. He trusted in that. You see, one of the things that Nehemiah had to do was that he had to name what was broken, right? What was broken. So we have to understand that we have all these people that are still sitting there. Yeah, the, the, the actual place was broken, right? I mean, broken. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie uh, Surf's Up, um, but it's hilarious. But it just reminds me of the part of where he's like, this is broken, broken, gone, broken, 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 gone. Look it up. It's a great movie. Um, I think it's still on Netflix. I don't know. Uh, cheap plug. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, he, knew, like, he named what was broken. You see, what he did was that he went and he confessed not only the sins of his people, but also his own sins, right? I mean, if you go back and you read that, right? Did he not go and he confessed his sins as well? And there's so much power within that. See, he correctly points about out that they have acted in disobedience of God's command and are thereby deserving of the punishment that they are deserving. But also, too, what Nehemiah does is that he reminds us of God, uh, reminds God of the promises he made to his people, right? He reminds God, right? And, and I want you to know, I, I, like, I have it up there in quotes, right? He reminds people, or he reminds God of what he can do, right? God doesn't need to be reminded of what he can do. He already knows. But the thing is, is that he is bringing power to it by naming that, like, good, look, God, I know that you can do this. I know this is what you said about your promises. I know that you will deliver. God, I know these things. This is what you said. God doesn't need to be reminded of that, but Nehemiah does because he recognizes truly the power and faithfulness and the goodness of God. Remember, he said that he was going to restore them to their land, no matter where they may be. He was going to do that. One of the things that we have to be reminded of in all of this is that Nehemiah was praying day and night. He was praying day and night, not Kit Cuddy. He was praying day and night. Every day he was doing so. Not just because he had to or to fulfill some Jewish law. It's because he wanted to. He wanted to pray every single day. You see, when I found myself in that place of dealing with Whitney's death, again, you know, I was angry, but that was the thing that 
a lot of my friends would remind me of, like, dude, you got to jump into prayer. And that sounds so cliche. It does. But yet, I have never heard God's voice more in that time of anguish and grief than I have in the rest of my life. Like, I've heard him speak to me, but he was like, it was like, bro, I am here. Like, it was like that. Like, it was so prominent that I could hear his voice. And I'm like, man, like, the rest of the noise, everything else was out of the way. And I'm like, man, like, I guess I just, for me, it was just because I had shut everything else out that it was so easy for me to hear his voice. But I say this because the reminder for us is that we should spend that time in prayer. And, and, and I, I say this, not, not spend time in prayer, but spend time having a conversation, right? Because it's so easy for us when we do pray to be like, hey, you know, this is what I want. This is what I need, yada, yada, yada. And we list things off as if God is Santa Claus and he's not. But that's why I say have a conversation like you would an actual person, right? Have a conversation, because that's what God wants. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to know about your day. He wants to know about all the things that are happening, what are going on. He wants to know about the brokenness that you may have in your life. God wants to know all those things. Not just to be like, oh gosh, here's Debbie again with this stupid thing about her cat. No, it's not that. He wants to know about the things that are going on in your life. Because he cares. Genuinely, he cares. In the same way that I know that he cared for me and for my heart and and when I was dealing with Whitney's death, I believe it's the same way that he cares for you all when you feel and or when you're feeling down or feeling some type of grief or when you are dealing with any type of brokenness. Or I also do believe that he wants to have a conversation with you or that he cares for you when you are at your best place or as I have said before, even when you are just meh. Like he wants to care for you in those spaces and in those places. What's super cool as Nehemiah goes and he goes and he lays eyes on Jerusalem and he sees all the things and he starts meeting with people and, and all the things and he starts to get some type of plan in place. What needed to happen before that was that he had to get approval from the king. He had to get that approval first for him to start actually working on the walls. And so in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, we'll pick up there. It says this, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and I gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lives in, or lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found a favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time, right? It's so easy for the king to say, nah, bro, you can't go. But he he said, no, no, this obviously is paining you and you need to go and do these things. You need to go and rebuild these walls and, and get things back to where it needs to be at. Because here's the thing, if the walls are broken, right? Think about this way. If your house doesn't have a wall, right? 
Just go with me on this. If your house doesn't have a wall, what's now getting in your house? All types of critters, right? Right? Some raccoons, maybe a bear. I don't know. Um, depends on what part of Texas you live in. A mountain lion. I mean, come on. Like, you have all these things that are going to get into your house, right? You are not safe. Am I wrong on that? If you have one wall gone, that means everybody and their mom can be like, hey, you know what? They got popcorn over here, so we're just going to go chill on the, on the couch. Everybody now can just walk through your house, and it's not safe. It's the same exact thing for the Israelites in Jerusalem. It was not safe for them to have any of those walls destroyed and wide stinking open because they were privy to having people go and attack them. And so what's cool with this is that as Nehemiah is going and he's talking to the king, the king, one, gives him safe passage, which is crazy to think about, that the king would be like, you know what, I'm going to give you safe passage to get to where you need to get to, so that way you don't have to worry about any of those things. Because again, right, they're the big bad mamma jammas of the, of, out there in the east, and they have to deal with all types of people still trying to go knock them off the, off the hill. All right, so it's the same exact thing that's happening there, right? And so Nehemiah get, gets granted this request to go and start b- rebuilding these walls. And I want you guys to know it took 52 days to go and do so. But we're not going to talk so much into the how of all that happened. But just know that it was completed. Like I said earlier, we all face some type of circumstance in our lives that are going to be great, that are going to be challenging, um, that may just like knock us down. We're going to face some type of situation or circumstance. That for me was Whitney. It's still, I, I would be lying to you if I said that it still didn't hurt today a little bit, but it does. For Nehemiah, it was rebuilding this wall, knowing that dudes are going to try to roll up on them and, and, you know, kill them. (laughs) Seeing his town destroyed in the way that it was, in the manner that it was. Like, that is an impossible circumstance. I'm just naming a couple there, but you might have something different that you might be facing right now. (laughs) What I want to tell you is that Man, God loves you. He loves you. He wants to be in this with you. The adults in this room love you. And they want to be in this with you. But my hope is that you would just realize and recognize that whatever circumstance that might be impossible that you're facing, that is truly a proving ground for God and that he is going to show up, and that he is going to deliver like he says he will. There's so much hope in that. And I hope that you hear that. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. To learn about our mission, gatherings, and more, please follow us on Instagram at rbyouth, or check out our website at riverbend.com students. If you were encouraged by this message, please subscribe, rate us, and consider sharing our channel with a friend. Available anywhere you get podcasts.